Hi, it's Renee G with the Hellas and Health Hotline. It's um, about a week away from Father's Day. I will be in Buffalo doing a book signing on that day. But we're going to talk about fathers today and fathering because we talk so much about women's health. They're the ones who end up um, taking care of the babies and doing a lot of that kind of homework most of the time. Um, fathers are different, you know, mothers and fathers. Neither one of them given a book on how to be a mother or a father. Uh, fathers a little different, of course, because mothers have that umbilical cord. They have the birthing of the baby, and um, that's the switch that turns a mother into a mother or the beginning of that process of motherhood. Fatherhood is um, a, a lot different than that. That umbilical cord kind of stays connected to those kids once those kids are born. And uh, it's only after they die that we feel that umbilical cord cut and we really feel them leave us. Sons, of course, have a, a unique relationship with their fathers as daughters do with their mothers. And because sons reflect or are the mirror image of that parent and want to be the mirror image of that parent, but daughters, too, a special um, relationship with fathers, the father of the bride, the movie, um, with... <clears throat> Oh, what's his name? Steve Martin. Uh, you know, I cried that movie every time because I have kids, and I, I, um, my father passed away about 20 years ago or so, and I can just imagine my father looking at little girls the way Steve Martin did, and um, being the father of the bride. It's such a special relationship, and we don't understand fathers very well. Men don't understand fathers, and men don't understand themselves as being potential fathers. Men see sex as, you know, sowing their seed, and uh, and they sow it a lot, and these days they sow it a lot, too much, a lot, and um, they don't understand that that is a special gift of, of participating in the creation of a child. And when you participate in that creation, you are like God, just like the mother is. You are creating a unique individual that you are then responsible for for the rest of your life. Uh, when you become a parent, you understand that you will never sleep again, that you will always eat last, that your food will usually be cold, that you're never going to feel totally rested, that special days that you were looking forward to will come and go because you're too busy taking the kids wherever they need to, to be, that the money that you put away for a vacation for you may well have to go towards the college education or the writing lessons or the special equipment for soccer. It's all those things, and it's the fathers in our history in this country and in the world who have been the providers of many of the things that children need. They are taller in stature than women most of the time. Um, for a reason, you know, we need the, the, the wide, broad shoulders. We need some somebody in our lives to look up to. We need the person in our lives to, to feel safe with, who will run out of the house and protect us if somebody's trying to come in, who will step in front of the, the pack of dogs if they're trying to attack us, who will fight for us when we're at, on the football field or in, in on the baseball diamond, who will do all the things to keep us safe, because he is the father.
and religiously of course we talk about God the Father our Father in Heaven and and I think that men have to live up to that image sometimes or they believe that they do and maybe they should we also have Mother Mary that's another image we don't talk about very much and the church keeps us from talking about that in um, in many religions but today is not about mothers it's about fathers my dad um, was the first generation Italian his father came over here on one of the ships to Ellis Island and uh, they changed their names right away because they there was a million Ganges out there I guess and they were from Sicily they escaped a lot of the stuff that was going on with the church in Sicily and the mafia and all that kind of stuff and he came here he was born here I mean and uh, had six brothers and a sister and grew up on one side of a small town that was Italian and the other side was other ethnicities like Irish and, and Polish and struggled um, his father my grandfather owned a business and actually was the first man in the country to have a business using gas lighting uh, way back when I don't even remember when but I remember my father in a special way now my father did beat me my father was beaten by his father so he thought he should also beat his children and 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 I was on my own by the time I was 10 living in a cemetery because it was the safest place to be both parents participated in that but I think I must have chosen it somewhere along the line in my cosmic and karmic search I needed to be um, a person who understood family in a different way who understood how to choose a family how to find extended family how to look at the images of mothers fathers aunts grandmothers sisters brothers nieces nephews kids in a different way than other people who grow up in traditional family lifestyles so um, I probably suffered emotionally for quite a long time uh, until I went in the Marines or whatever because I didn't speak to my parents I didn't really know my father or my mother and um, and it was a long time I had a younger brother who died young he was 20 years old when he died he was probably the closest family person to me but at a certain age I think I was 29 or 30 something like that I realized that I was putting a lot of my emotions into my other relationships that came from the scars from my childhood so what did I do I didn't go to therapy I didn't take drugs I didn't take antidepressants I went home and I called my father and I said I'm coming home to heal whatever it is that we have had as a family that is causing all of us not to be well and by that time my father had grown older and mellowed and told my mother you know make sure that we don't fight when she gets here and uh, and I went home and I spent I, I put everything in storage I went on sabbatical from University of Buffalo and I went home and um, sat on the porch desk with my father for days and talked about everything that had happened over the past decade or so that we had not known each other and I watched him listen I watched him listen with a kind but reserved understanding I saw a wisdom in him that I didn't see in my mother although my mother's very wise in other ways I um, I wanted him to know me and it was important that he knew me and that I knew him I think I was home for three and a half months something like that I spent many weeks there to make sure that I went through what I needed to go through to heal and that they also healed and um, 
Oh, it was just a few months after I left for another job, went back to work and did other things that I had to do. I was in Buffalo and my father called me up uh, the day before President's Day in the winter time in Buffalo, New York. And he said something to me and he just said, I've thought about it and I think you, you should continue on the path that you're on and do this also. Um, and I, I hung up the phone. I had several people at the house at the time. We were having brunch. And I looked at them at, at, around the table and I said, I think I just said goodbye to my father. And they said, what, what makes you think that? And I said, well, he coughed and I asked him how he was and he said he had a cold, but it just doesn't feel right. And of course they thought I was exaggerating and, and becoming a drama queen or whatever. And uh, I went to bed normally that night, and about 4 o'clock in the morning I sat straight up in bed, shaking and sweating and unable to breathe. And it took me several seconds or minutes, you know, you never know when you're in that state of mind. But as I sat there I said, oh my God, it's Dad. And, um, and I said a silent prayer, I said, if this is something that is going to take him, take him quickly. He hadn't been really sick, he just had a cold. Uh, a few minutes later the phone rang, it was my mother, they said they had taken my father to the hospital and I was about an hour away in the middle of the heaviest snowstorm on uh, President's Day that Buffalo had had in years. Got dressed real quickly, went out and, and tried to brush off the snow. It was probably about a foot and a half on top of the car, wet snow. Got onto the highways and the throughway, and halfway down the throughway I slowed down because I knew that my dad was gone. By the time I got to Fredonia and went to the, the hospital, my mother was there and um, other people were there. We were waiting in the waiting room, and I, I was only there to comfort my mother. Um, when the doctors came out, they do that typical thing that doctors do. If everything's okay, they tell you in the waiting room, if everything's not okay, they ask you to come into another room. So you know right away that things are not okay. And when they said that my father had passed away, that he had an aortic aneurysm and they had repaired that, but, but then his heart gave away and they couldn't save him, the first thing I said was, that's wrong. And I tried to stop them from saying that he was dead and and tried to make them go back in and try again. Of course that was that was, you know, that wasn't gonna work. But the second thing that happened to me was that I realized that they repaired the aortic aneurysm, his heart gave out, he wouldn't come back. My father had quit. My father had a broken heart. My father worked all his life. He's a very small man, a smart man. Not small. He was about 5'10", so I guess that's small in today's eyes. Um, graduated from college two years early and at the age of 19. He was a lieutenant in the Army Air Corps in World War II. Um, was a teacher. He went went to be a teacher and then his uh, brother talked him into opening a restaurant. So they had the first restaurant to serve pizza in Fredonia. Um, he worked with his father, so my grandfather was there every day. He had changed his business, um, the shoe repair business, and, and um, offered part of his building so that they could have the restaurant. So it was my grandfather, my father, my uncle who owned the restaurant. My mother worked there. I started working there when I was very young, washing floors and, and doing dishes and things like that. And I would spend many times in my father's little office because he 
he, there's a lot of things that go into running a restaurant, and I remember all of them. I remember all of the struggles that he had with hiring waitresses and waiting on people and doing the cooking and keeping the building and doing the books and running the bar and throwing people away. But the main thing I remember is that he was Uncle Al to all these kids who went to college at Fredonia State College. When he died, we had more than a dozen yearbooks that had been signed from front to back from everyone who had graduated from college who called him Uncle Al. And all of their, their inscriptions mentioned the fact that they never would have made it through without him, that he was the one they leaned on, he was the one they needed to talk to, he was the one who gave them spaghetti when they didn't have another penny to spend on food. He was the one who stayed up late and helped them figure things out. He was the one they went to when when they were working on a paper and they got stuck. He was the one who they talked to when they needed answers for things that they just didn't hear or study for. And so they called him Uncle Al and they signed all these books and Dad was gone. It's a very special relationship that we have with our fathers. It's um, interesting that we remember certain things and forget others. I had healed everything with my father prior to his death, and that was important. We had forgiven each other in our own ways, and I, and I silently forgave him, and I verbally forgave him for anything that he had ever done to me um, because after all, he was only human, and he had come from a from a life um, that was a little harder than mine. And even though he was tough on me, once he died and we started looking at his things that were in the attic, we found, um, oh, about 12 copies of an article on me when I was, uh, they called me IBM's brain-picking Wonder Woman. I never knew that he knew that it was in the Sunday paper, but he saved all the copies. I found out later that he had many more copies than that and had given them out at the restaurant and given them out to people after he sold the restaurant when he was in this other job, gave them out to everybody he stopped to see because he was proud of me. And it, it brought a tear to my eye that my father had known a part of me um, and was proud of it, never spoke anything about it, very silent. And many fathers are very silent in their love. They're very silent and, um, and very unconditional because my mother would always say, my father didn't want kids until he had them. And then when he had them, they were his kids. And I think most fathers are like that. And they want so much to be a part of that child's life and um, not have it feel like they're detached because the mother has the child for the first couple of years and they're breastfeeding and they're doing all these things. They need that integration into the family just like kids need integration. And I want to talk to all the men out there who listen to this who may be fathers or going to be fathers or already fathers, whatever. It's, you know, it's not the blood thing that makes you a father. Um, the greatest gift I ever had came from God, and I called him Dad. And, and that could have been my biological father or anyone who provided all those little things that my dad did in spite of himself, in spite of our lives. So all of you out there, all you guys, um, know that fathers are important. And it doesn't mean making your little boy as macho as he couldn't be so that you can be macho too. It doesn't mean acting like a child with your kids. You can be friends to your kids, but you got to be the parent first. It doesn't mean... Um, 
having to live up to your father's expectations, but it does mean living up to your own. And it especially means getting involved in your children's lives so that they become responsible to the rest of the community. And that's your job. You can't show them that it's okay to be irresponsible. You shouldn't show them that it's okay to be rude, to, to uh, walk on other people's property, to take things that they shouldn't take, to say bad things to the mother. If you want to be a good father, love the mother of the child. Um, it's not good to get into fights every day. It's not good to, to use your ego instead of your heart. And so many men are so afraid to cry or show a tear or, or show that they can be soft inside. There's nothing to be afraid of. Kids need to see it. Kids need to feel it. Kids need to know that that's who you are so that they can become everything that they're supposed to become. So this is probably one of two um, podcasts on fathers today. And uh, I, I wish you all a happy Father's Day. It started in Spokane, Washington many years ago by a woman whose um, mother had died and was brought up by her father and wanted to honor him. So we honor all the fathers. We honor the father of our country. We honor all our forefathers who came here and gave us the freedom and the rights that we have in America. We honor a father in heaven if you believe in God, and you should. Um, and we honor the fathers who are truly fathers, not just the sperm donors, but the fathers of their children who know what their jobs are and learn and process with their children while they learn more about being a dad. So happy Father's Day to all of you, and um, remember everything good that you can about your dad if they're not around. And if he is around, go tell him that you forgive him, you forgive yourself, that you love him, you want him to love you, and it's okay. Because fathers need to hear that, and kids need to hear it too, whether you're a man, woman, or child, you need to hear it. So go talk to him, give him a little hug. He may <laughs> push you away, he may smile, he may cry a little when you don't know it, but he's a person, he's a human being, and he needs your heart just like you do. So. That's it for today. That's all I'm talking about, just fathers. This is Raina G. Go to earthwalk-usa.com. Get the book. Book two is coming. I'm on my way to Buffalo to finish it. Um, spread the word. And I will see you and talk to you in about two days.